we can't see a thing and not see it through our own lens and filters. So when we are reading something that somebody else wrote, there's a double filter on. We got the writer's filter. Yeah. And then we got our filter as we are reading the writer's filter, you know. And then when we got to tell it to somebody else <laughs> or talk about right. it, then it's going through their filters. So that's, that's a triple filter. Well, this show is triple filtered at least. <laughs> you know. <laughs> What does that problem. do to the quality of the film? <laughs> is it cold filtered is what I want to know. Welcome to episode 102 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brew pint of fine wine or whatever happens to be in your glass. You can catch new episodes weekly as the Reverends Shannon Meacham, Ogan Holder, and yours truly, Brian Burkoff, address and engage what's happening out in the world through a theological lens, usually with a good brew in hand. You can join our conversation on Twitter or Facebook using the hashtag PTLive. Call us and leave us a voicemail at 980-785-4830 or an email at info at pubtheology.com. Call us or email us with your questions, um, discuss any topics we've been doing, any comments that's been going on, um, or you can also Facebook message us because that's a thing too. That is a thing. And can you give us those numbers one more time? You broke up a little on my... Uh, my I'm unstable. I just want you to know. <laughs> or my internet is. Wait, is this a new one thing or the other. didn't know? <laughs> so it is uh, 980-785-4830. Boom. Boom. And today we talk history, memory, stories, and objective reality. And are those things one and the same? Uh, we all have life events that we remember differently from uh, friends and family who were there also. So where does the truth fly? Uh, historian Frank Garitti says, to be a good historian, you have to be comfortable with contradictions. And so we'll discuss what that means. Uh, talking about history in general, talking about our own um, memories and personal stories, but also what does that mean when we approach the Bible and sacred texts where there's maybe a lot more weight on remembering versus uh, what actually happened. So we're going to need something <laughs> to drink to talk about all that. Why don't we bring in the third member of our team? Ogan, welcome. What are you drinking? Um, I wish I was drinking something stronger, but I'm just drinking water today oh, because, what? well, you see, called me a wimp last week. I, no. I, I, I did. See, no, hang on, hang on. <laughs> oh, your role. They're ready to like, like burn me at the stake here. Um, <laughs> I, I am, I think I mentioned this before. I'm doing this intermittent fasting program right. where I basically, I'm not eating between nine and one. And when I say not eating, I mean no caloric intake. So I think beer uh, counts for caloric intake. And we had to move our recording time earlier up today. Um, so we, instead of recording at two, when I would have had a chance to eat something and put a beer on top of it, now it's noonish and I'm, I'm not going to break my fast. Being good I'm about sorry. It. I appreciate your sacrifice. Water. Yeah, we yeah, do. That's okay. But you know, the not eating probably has me as equally like lightheaded as <laughs> drinking same so, result, different path. Exactly. It's no a objective. whole nother level of like, they were like they were like intermittent fasting gives you mental clarity. And I was like, okay. I, was say, I thought it was supposed to clear your yeah, mind. Two weeks in, when is the it, when does the mental clarity <laughs> kick in? Because it's not happening right now and I don't oh, know. Man. So there's that. That's funny. I got nothing for you. Sorry. I think our reader or our listeners, I should say, will more than make up for your lack of drinking because I think they need at least a beverage, if not three, to make it through, uh, you know, a typical episode. episode. Yeah. <laughs> Let alone life, one of our episodes. <laughs> Let alone, yeah. Let alone everything else. <laughs> Shannon, what you got? 
So we are out of beer in our house, which is a sad, sad day. Uh, we drank it all on Sunday for football. Yeah. Um, so I am drinking a lovely Chardonnay from a box, um, Ooh. a black box. That is very, that's like, I can just, you know, I can, <laughs> you can visualize taste, it. I can taste it. The descriptions the are aromas, just, the, <laughs> like all of it. I know I'm, I'm so not bougie today. Chardonnay <laughs> in a box, step one. By the way, put the wine in a box. Put the wine in a box. Nice. Uh, box box wine severely underrated. I mean, still. You know, listen. Yeah. When you when I you don't that. drink wine that often, and so opening a bottle to have a glass and whatnot, like I we mostly drink beer and liquor in this house, and occasionally I like wine, and therefore, yeah. I the boxes it keeps it fresh longer. It, it does. Now, the problem with the box in our house is that, like, if we're drinking from a bottle, when that bottle's done, we're done. You're done. Yeah. The right. box has, like, what, three bottles in it? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah, you got to be careful or not. Stop. It's up to you. Like, if you need to not count how many glasses you've had, the box is also for you. <laughs> it's always good to count just, just for everything. Just saying. Of course, my wine glasses are like this big, so like it's not uh, like that. What What are you drinking, Brian? Now, when you guys do communion, if you do communion in your Mm. congregations, uh, what kind of wine do you use, and who gets the extra wine? We are grape juice. Really? Yeah. We have. um, In fact, most most Presbyterians are because of um, AA and being open to people with yeah um, alcohol issues. Gotcha. We uh, we don't do communion that often. Maybe twice a year we uh, do communion. Yep. But also, yes, with the grape juice because yes, almost virtually everyone—I shouldn't say everyone—but a vast majority of our congregation has or is in AA or in recovery of some kind. So, sure. so you know, we make it inclusive in that way. And I and guess you're not the pastor who drinks on their behalf. You know. <laughs> I'm like, you could have a grape juice and a regular wine option. You can. I mean, there's arguments of like the smell, just knowing it's there, you know. Yeah, that's that's what we do. We we actually started in this uh, church I'm at now with, with just the grape juice. And then we heard from enough people like, hey, where's the wine already? <laughs> so we do both now. We offer the wine and the grape juice. But we also practice by, you know, dipping the bread in the cup. So it's not like anyone's getting us, you know, a slug of. No wine I, no. I think if people are saying where's the wine already maybe you should be sticking with grape juice <laughs> <laughs> fair point fair, fair point dude it's 11 let's go where's the wine exactly <laughs> exactly all right so all that was the long and short to get to my beverage today i'm drinking a uh, tall ship east coast ale from the east coast uh, from garrison brewing <laughs> Up in Halifax, so uh, a Nova Scotia brew. Uh, oh, you're still working through your... Still working through my summer your... vacation yeah. beverages. There's beer in your house. So there's beer in my house, Jealous. and it's not too early to have some. It is afternoon. It is. It's now afternoon, so... Let's it's... be honest. When did it stop being 5 o'clock and move to noon? It's not right... <laughs> It's got to be noon somewhere. It's got to be noon somewhere, right? Like that's now yeah. the thing. Forget five o'clock. It's got to be noon somewhere. <laughs> All right. Anyway. So we're, we're already talking beverages, but number one says, what's something you've tried that you'll never, ever try again? And this could be a food item. This could be something uh, like skydiving. Could be something you tried that you look back and say, not doing that again. Brussels sprouts. <laughs> <laughs> Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts and and I've tried them more than once and you know it's whole that whole thing where somebody goes you don't like Brussels sprouts that means you haven't had them prepared properly here try it and oh make. no they still taste like Brussels sprouts and they still taste like oh. Brussels sprouts and they're no matter awesome. how much bacon you put on them no they're good exactly. no I mean you I'm glad that you think they're good like a little salt they're really they are. good for you like I don't like them yeah I've tried no. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Shan. Thank you for that support. I appreciate that. The you're welcome. There. All right. you're, you're welcome in this house. It's a Brussels-free, sprout-free zone. <laughs> Brussels. No Brussels either. Nobody from Brussels. 
There you go. There you go. And uh, how did Russell Wilson do last night for the Seahawks? Not that great. Uh, Y'all, listen. And should we should we have a listener from Brussels? Here's what I've tried (laughs) that I'll never ever try again. Yeah, is to keep Mahomes on the bench and not Wilson. So for next week, my fantasy has been changed. Wait, is that was that the alternative? You really had Wilson? Yes. Against that Bears defense. Listen. I I didn't watch last year. I don't know. For they just our got Khalil Mack from the Raiders. Trouble. For, for the Raiders listening. are my defense team. For those listening, I'm talking about my fantasy football. And I had Mahomes from Kansas City, the quarterback, on the bench, who spanked the um, Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday and got almost 40 points on fantasy football, which is more than triple what he was projected at giving. Yeah. So, all right. So this aside, I agree that was a colossal mistake, but so fantasy football aside, what is something else you've tried that you'll never try again? Besides that and childbirth? Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that took a turn. That took like a real hard left right there. Yes, it did. I mean, I tried and they succeeded multiple times, but I will never do it again. <laughs> all right. So there you go. But no food item or anything like um, that? Um, bungee jumping? No thanks. Any like free falling things? But have um, you tried that? Yeah. yeah. You did? I, I did. I was in college and in love and, you know, jumped off a high tower. Yikes. And I'm good. I'm done. I'm done. You're all set on the bungee. Yeah. I, my life is exciting enough. I do not need to Just create excitement. Artificial yeah, you're, you're, you're. Yeah. You're pulling hot melted chewing gum out the dryer. So exactly, you know. seriously, I am scraping gum with a knife off of jeans. I'm, I'm, I am living the dream, friends. We, if you're listening to the audio, we had a real <laughs> conversation about that in the pre-show. Check out the YouTube video, <laughs> friends. Whoever does the laundry in your house, check the pockets of the pants yeah. for chewed up bubble gum. That's all I'm. Just and if you have a story to share, uh, you can tweet it to us using hashtag dryer gum. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'm not. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna call anybody out. But it wasn't the kids. <laughs> it was. It was not my children. <laughs> wow. Dryer gum. <laughs> yeah, you know. Oh, it's hot in here. <laughs> oh man. All right. I'm sorry. Um, Why am I sorry? I don't know. That was funny. I don't, I don't know. Sorry. All right. Uh, sorry, you, Brian. What are, What sorry, have you tried? You're never trying again. Yeah, I, I feel like there's got to be a pretty good list somewhere, but the only thing that's Dude, coming to you mind... Ans- you you ask these questions. I Do know. you have answers? Well, okay, here's what I have. All right. We, and I've, I've probably shared this in a past episode, but we in college, my roommates and I thought, had this bright idea, let's, let's make a float out of MGD, Miller Genuine Draft, and Superman Ice Cream. And it did not go well, but we made ourselves oh, it. Oh, 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 a drink float. Like a drink float. Yeah, I don't know. In my, you know, Not a root beer float, but yeah. a beer float. Beer and float, yeah. MGD with Superman ice cream, and it was awful. Yeah. What is, what is Superman ice cream? I'm sorry. It's, it's Am I like blue them? and red. It's the it's blue, red, and red. yellow? Yeah. I have never heard it's, of this. My son gets it. You've it's never just, heard of I, Superman ice cream? It's like no. at Baskin Robbins or something, like... Never heard of it. That's okay. what kids go to if there's if we go out for ice cream, they look for Superman first. Yeah, Gus loves it. He's eight. Okay. He thinks it's amazing. It's supposed to be this like inside American joke that us, yeah, they didn't us, have us, that us, in Barbados. They only no. had Spider Man ice cream. <laughs> that that is crazy. Superman ice cream. Is it is it like branded as Superman on the on the label? Like is this is this a there is that there is I think uh, a company that has the copyright and sell it with that brand, and then you'll see, you know, you'll see uh, knockoffs that are like superhero or, or you know come up with a name that's recognizable enough, and you just look at it. It's red, blue, and yellow. That's insane. So the blue is like Blue Moon. You've had Blue Moon ice cream. Um, no. Blue Bell, Blue Bunny, Blue Moon. What the hell's Blue, blue Moon? Blue Moon ice cream. That's the same blue moon ice cream. It's just blue. It's just blue and red and yellow. Like, Where are you living, man? Seriously. <laughs> hey. Maybe. I live near Hudsonville ice cream. Does that count? I don't know. I, I Somehow, I don't know how this happened, but I feel like Ogan and I, have, like, we're ganging up on Brian today, but like. No, I'm I'm legitimately. Like, although you ganged up on me with the like gum thing, so it's fine. 
No, I wasn't <laughs> ganging up on you. I was asking clarifying questions. I didn't do it. No, I know, but I'm just saying. I need, yeah, I, I need some things explained. I don't know what the specific flavors are, but I've tasted it before and it tastes like sugar and like kid gross sugar, like steak okay. sugar. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Like, well, I don't want it's not my cup of tea. Okay, so no more, no more floats, no more Superman. Superman, gross beer floats. Now, I think there. there has to be good beer floats. You know, like a like a chocolate stout and vanilla ice cream, something like that, right? Have you like have you had one? I've never had one. I, I had well, I had a chocolate shake or a beer shake recently. You know what I had? Oh, I had yeah, I've had um an ice like a vanilla ice cream and not your father's root beer like spiked root beer float oh no that sounds that was delicious like the spiked root beer yeah that was yummy so i've tried it i liked it it doesn't fit in the category but i recommend it to you all (laughs) all right so i'm going to shift us to our theme for the day is there a story or an event from some point in your life could be childhood could be college or teen years a story that you remember and tell differently than than maybe a friend or your parents or a sibling um yes i have a very clear distinct memory of the night my father almost burned the house down while (laughs) we were trying out um our home fire extinguishers um and i i've told the story in that way the way i remember it is he this was something he uh product that he was going to start selling in uh like the the corner store that we own and um, there were these like you know small handheld fire extinguishers Um, i mean the bottle was like i don't know like barely eight to ten inches tall small little thing and he in my memory um, he decided to light a fire on the dining room table in a bowl. And as the fire got going, he tried to put it out with the fire extinguisher and the pressure of the fire extinguisher made all the pieces of car that were burning swoosh out of the bowl onto the curtains. Oh my gosh. And then the curtains caught fire. So this is how I remember this in my memory. And it makes for a really good story, right? <laughs> But uh, only a couple of years ago, I was telling this story to someone when I went home and my mom happened to be there. She's like, that did not happen. She goes, yeah, we had the fire extinguishers, but no, he lit the, the pieces of cardboard in the sink in the kitchen and they went out right away. So not clear how you have this memory of all of this happening. So the best I can come up with, and I just listened to a whole, um, um, there's a, a, I don't know if you guys listen to a, a Hidden Brain on NPR, but there's a couple episodes about how our memory works and doesn't work. And I think what really happened was after the actual event happened, I thought it was tremendously boring. I thought to myself, wouldn't it be more fun if, and I concocted this story, and suddenly this, this concoction became the real memory for me and I, and for, for, for decades I'm going around telling people how my father almost burned the house down, setting fire to the curtains, trying out in a fire extinguisher. Great story. Didn't happen apparently. Mm. <laughs> but well, hey, don't, right. let, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. I, I mean, really. Exactly. It happened, that. but in a different way than you recall. There you go. Yeah. So when I was a kid, we had um, a back door, that you know a, a, a like that had a screen sliding screen door and it was really hard to see if it was a screen or um you know the door was open right like now they put the bars across them so that you can see like this is a door you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. yeah. yeah anyway So it happened more than once in our household that somebody would walk through the screen thinking it was, you know, open, the door was open. Right. And usually you just like ran into it and it was really funny and then whatever. So, but like the week before my stepmom had done something and she had walked straight through the screen and my father like replaced the door. Um, A week or two later, we're outside it's like 
sometime in late summer and my parents are talking about um, how many slugs they're finding around the house. Like, and they're eating all of nice. my stepmom's garden and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And as by we're talking. Way, by the way, slug story in past or poor. Oh, excellent. Oh, okay. Wow. Way to go. So anyway, we're, we're, they're talking about this and I'm sitting with like my legs up in the chair, like, cause I, blech, right. Gross. Um, and we'd been eating dinner and everything. I put my feet down and I step on something. No. Um, slimy. Oh. E. And bolt straight inside, straight through this door. Straight through the door. <laughs> nice. And like, like at a cartoon, right? Like it just, it just flits right in half, right down the middle and like parts and I go right through it. The frame's fine, just the screen split. And I'm, I don't know, I'm maybe like 12 or something, you know, whatever. And this is the story that they like to tell because what I stepped on was a grape. Ah. Uh. And they like to tell the story. They don't remember having the discussion about the slugs right before this. They just tell the story like we were sitting around one night. I stepped on a grape and freaked out and ran through the door after my dad had just fixed it. Blah, blah, blah. Like, well, you did, you did say earlier you were unstable. So, you know, this, <laughs> this lends credence to the whole. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, Lane. So they like to deny the fact that they that I had reason to freak out at the slimy grape. <laughs> yeah, they 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 don't recall the context that uh, right. precipitated so they, the action. They've selected to they've selected memory. We all we all remember the incident like the same, right. but the context around it. We we um, can I can I read a couple of tweets tweet replies before we. Uh... Yeah, please. From our from our first question of things you've tried, you'll never try again. Uh, Ross on Twitter replies, "Wine." I don't know who hurt you as a child, Ross. <laughs> wow, sorry, Ross. Come on, man. Wine is. You're lost, buddy. Don't is, do the whole box at once or the whole bottle. Yeah. <laughs> a Maybe that's what happened. Definitely not the whole box at not once. Back box. And also uh, on Twitter, uh, flat caps and mild is the account replying to what have you tried? You'll never try again. Calvinism. <laughs> well played. I think that's not well played. Tweet, Very done. Tweet for the day, right? He there. is not chosen. <laughs> no. Uh, all right, Brian. What's your story? Well, um, we. Uh, I think I've shared this under our Christmas uh, episode, probably in the past. We had a family tradition of, I believe, and I think a sibling or two will concur. Of on Christmas Eve. We would listen to after we'd open presents. We open presents on Christmas Eve, and then, and then we would put on um, Michael Jackson's Thriller album, and we would hang out and play games. Again, so many questions right now. As you do. <laughs> and we were saying we were sharing this with my parents one time. Uh, you know, in the last five years or something, they're like, "We never did that." And my sister and I looked at each other like, what? Of course, yes, we did. Of course we did. Like, we, it's still meaningful to us. And they're right? like, we never did that. We're like, yes, we did. Wow. So, you know, one of those things where are they just trying to like, are they embarrassed that they used to do that? And they want to say, we didn't do those kinds of, you know, I don't know what they're, or do they honestly remember it differently? That's so not, not, I'm not talking about your parents here, but like, I guess, where's the genuine line between different memory and like rewriting the story which we now call gaslighting this is your question from that story Mine wow that, yeah <laughs> you just took us to a whole other level well because as you're saying that i'm like well we would like if it were not about a thriller album like we right. would call that gaslighting right we would we would say like you're denying this thing that we all remember happened in a certain way. Right. So, so the re the response or, yeah, or senility. <laughs> well, part of it, part of it is we don't want to be wrong. Part of it is that with so much, we can't trust in the world. This is what the hidden brain thing was going on about. Um, because there's so much we can't trust in the world. The last thing we want to rely on is our memory. Like this happened to us. 
this was a thing that was a formative event in our lives. It probably helped shape who we are as a personality. Mm-hmm. We can't handle hearing that it might not have happened. Like Brian and, and his story. This is something him and his sister are saying fundamental to, to you know their, their upbringing, their childhood. A core part of my childhood. You know, maybe it's a thing now as it parents. explains so much. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, it explains even more if it actually didn't happen, but that's a whole other. Uh, much like the other. curtains, I might add. Right, right. exactly. All of that episode. Um, right. But our brains can't, because then it calls us to question everything. If, if, this, if this integral piece of my childhood experience really didn't happen, what else did I get wrong, you know? And it, it could be scary to go down that path. I mean, we're gonna, we, I mean, as you said earlier, we're talking about this in the context of the Bible. You know, what happens when we find out the things that are in the Bible didn't happen? Yeah, or, and, that, and so that's a good, good transition because we have a couple of quotes here. One is from uh, Dr. Emma Perez, a historian who says, there is no pure, authentic, original history there are only stories. And then we have the quote we said in the, at the beginning um, from Dr. Frank Garitti, who says, to be a good historian, you have to be comfortable with contradictions. Yeah, so let's because, talk about that uh, a little bit. Uh, how do those so quotes strike you? One of my, I mean, one of the often the comebacks are, but we have video now, we have audio recording now, we have blah, 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 right? Like those all these are, things. Those are unreliable too. Well, right. So one of my favorite examples of this is, um, do y'all know the famous shot of Ali after he, um, is it Fra- like knocks Frazier down? Like who's, yeah. yeah. So like that punch, he goes down and the famous, um, it is an absolutely famous photo of him like celebrating. Mm-hmm. And it's this iconic photo of basically Ali like bad mouthing, you know, like, all of this kind of stuff. If you yeah. just look at the photo, if you watch the video, that photographer got that moment in a, in a, just a second. I mean, that happened in, he just shot at the exact right moment. The video of it is Ali actually like, Oh my God, is he okay? What happened? This is over. And he's, he's concerned. Wow. And so it's such an interesting like thing for me of like, you can it's it's almost like that moment of where did you pause the story right what what part of the story did you zero in on and where did you pause it because that's the part you're going to remember that's a great analogy i like that oh i got i got one better i I got one better because this bring it actually (laughs) involved kind of in a good way change in policy there's also an iconic photo of the civil rights movement when uh the when they had the the kind of like the riots in Birmingham or whatever of a policeman and the dog, he's holding back this dog who is, who is, you know, who is like over this kid. So there's the kid, the dog and, and it, the picture was taken and it kind of was portrayed as the police are sicking the dogs on these kids. Okay. Mm -hmm. So again, shout out to another podcast, revisionist history with Malcolm Gladwell. He Ooh. talks about this picture and actually interviews the policeman who was holding, who had the dog. And it turns out this kid, he, uh, he was in school. They, they let school out because all this stuff was happening. He was trying to get home. Mm-hmm. Kind of wasn't aware of what was happening in the street. So he runs out from the crowd right next to this policeman who's standing there with the dog peacefully. The dog gets startled kind of snaps at the kid and the policeman is pulling the dog back. Right. Try to stop it from, you know, attacking the kid. Not the fact that here's this racist policeman. He probably was because, you know, he was a white cop at that time, but not that he is trying to scare the kid with the dog. It was the dog that got scared and startled. So we have this iconic picture that got shipped all over the country. Yeah. You know, and, and part of what, the story is around is in the museum there there's a sculpture and in the sculpture the policeman is this large menacing guy the dog is like as big as like you know the hound of baskerville Mm -hmm. and there's this frightened small diminutive child and the proportions are 
all out of whack to reflect the narrative that was created around the story, right. you know? And but so we, we, well, we, I have a, I have a question. Uh huh. I mean, uh, he interviewed the policeman. Right. I, w- <laughs> I would feel much better if it was corroborated by the child or an, or a third party as well, because as the, you know, quote unquote, bad guy in the, in the memory or the, the mm-hmm. incidents, He's had his whole life to reflect back on this, and and maybe he was racist, being white in that well, era. Would he be? Would he be? Would this be a story he's told himself over years? Like, oh no, actually, you know, here's what really happened. No, so so the so the kid the the kid had subsequently wasn't again, if my memory serves me correctly, because we're talking about memory, but from what I can remember, the kid wasn't interviewed, but had written about it after the fact okay. that it didn't happen um that That's way um, yeah. so Good. so it, it, you know relating to the bible again you know when we read the passage in the bible no one was standing taking notes at the time these things happen you know what and right. here it was and, but and, <laughs> and many of them again original <laughs> originally <laughs> stories to, to illustrate a point and somewhere along the line we've lost touch of that and mm-hmm. so I think that story is an interesting one of that, you know, well, now we talk about things going viral, right? Like whether they're true or not true, they mm-hmm. take off. And it's either because it, it um, speaks to a person's experience or understanding, right? This is, I mean, this is the bot situation of how Trump got elected, right? Like the, right. You know, we, we slander Hillary Clinton. That's what I wanted to believe. Not me personally. I'm, you know, that's what people wanted to believe. They bought into it. They spread that over and over and over again. Um, and, and that picture that you were just talking about is that whether or not that was happening in that situation, that um, scene, that photo, that snapshot spoke to a lot of people about how they felt about the situation. Yeah. Right. How they felt about what was happening. So that's an I mean, when we talk about scripture, it's like, is it more important like in this situation, hearing those stories are good, right? But when you look at how people felt seeing that picture, how people felt hearing this story that this photo told with, you know, you didn't need to use words at that point because there's a photo. That's where, you know, I can reconcile with some scripture that I don't necessarily, you know, that I can sit around and go, did that really happen that way and go, okay, well, how does this speak to my experience and how does this speak to my understanding of God and the world and, sure. and, all and those things? And even if the story wasn't wrong, the picture wasn't factual, the picture still reflected what was kind of going on at the time. So, right. so the picture and the stories, you know, that we read in the Bible reflect the consciousness and reflect the, 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 the context of what's happening there. And oh, at the time the stories were written, it would, it would also goes to explain the, what's going on in the consciousness of the writer at mm-hmm. the time. Well, that's right. That's right. You, you know, so, so then, Again, when it comes to the Bible, all those things I think have to be factored in, and depending on where you stand on the you know the Christian spectrum under the Big Tent, you know sometimes we conveniently forget parts of those contexts or or weigh heavily towards other parts of them as well. Yeah, I mean, I think you note an important point that it's not only what was happening in that given time and place and and context but who was actually doing the writing down. And so, you know, even in that same setting, context, event space, if someone else gave their view, just like happens today, it may have actually been quite a different telling. And so that is an important piece of it. And the challenge with history is we don't have access to the people who wrote it down. We don't have access um, to third parties or to a video or audio record, even as limited as those are. Mm-hmm. Like how how different how different would the Bible be if the authors were women? Yeah, extremely. <laughs> it would it would be a whole it would be a whole different book, right? A different religion, right? And and to the point about videos, so so here here's why I said even the videos aren't reliable. So you know, in the last few years, um, many cities have made it a point to have their police officers wear body cams. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. And now they're realizing that even when they look at body cam footage, depending on lighting, angle of the camera, you know, speed of what things happen, you could extract multiple stories from that same video clip. You can make the video support the story that you want to promote. So now it now they're getting to a point where they're realizing that it's not just enough to get the body cam video from the cop. Anybody else standing around with their cell phones that might have been recorded, we need your video too so that we can for sure the story together from multiple right. angles yep. and see if we could come up with a more objective what really happened because any one view is a subjective view. It's really true, really true. Um, and uh, we have this quote here from John Piper who says, when we read, he's talking about reading the Bible, when we read the Bible, we want to know what an author intended us to see and experience in his writing. And while I disagree with a lot of what Piper says, I do agree that, or I'm glad to see there's a, a recognition that there's an authorship to the text, mm-hmm. these biblical texts, and it's not just something that fell out of the sky, pure, straight from God, that there were people who wrote these down who had an intention. So I'm glad that's like, I think, a first step in, in um, this process of reading the Bible. And he says he had an intention when he wrote, uh, nothing will ever change that. It is there as a past objective event in history. So that's that's where I think we begin to diverge from what I would say with what him. Yes, there was an event in history, but what this person wrote down and their intention is not giving me that objective historical past. It's giving me a very limited slice of it. But it's tricky with the Bible because we don't want to see the Bible as a limited slice. We want to see it as divine revelation, which is full. So like, that's where it's tricky. I, I don't know. I see it as both. What, I mean, yeah. you know, that's, that to me, by, by limiting it to everything that needs to be in there is in there. And I, you know, it's you know, we're limiting the fact that it was put together by committee and there were books that they rejected. We're limiting, you know, I, I'm not saying it's not important as it is, or it's not divinely inspired. And I'm, I'm like, it's, it's the UCC. God is still speaking right, right. now. Right. God still speaks through these ancient stories and God speaks through our life and our experience and everything else. We use this text, this book, this, you know, but like, as Ogan pointed out, it's a limited view. I mean, there are many voices missing from it. And I think that's why I like the rabbinical tradition so much more is because they're encouraged to fill, fill in the story, to go down these paths of, well, what if this was going on, you know, and, and go down that path and explore that path. And that opens their faith, not closes their faith. I mean, I love that too. To me, it's like proof texting, you know, like you can't just take this first. Let's look at it in the experience of that chapter, in the experience of that book, in the experience of the Bible as a whole, and in the experience of what we here today know to be true about God in this situation. Yeah, excellent. There's a a quote from a uni minister, uh, Reverend Dr. Gary Simmons, and he says, um, all perception is misperception because all perception is projection. In other words, we can't see a thing and not see it through our own lens and filters. So when we are reading something that somebody else wrote, there's a double filter on. We got the writer's filter. Yeah. And then we got our filter as we are reading the writer's filter, you know, and then when we got to tell it to somebody else, (laughs) Or talk about right. it then it's going through their filters so that's that's a triple filter well this show is triple filtered at least <laughs> you know quadruple what does that problem. do to the quality of the film <laughs> <laughs> is it cold filtered is what i want to know <laughs> I, <laughs> no i i those that's a great point ogan and i agree yeah. with that that we cannot do otherwise and see through our own lenses which are shaped by context, um, personal experience, personal biases. But I don't know that I'd go as far as to say that every perception is a projection. I mean, I think we do have senses which give us a, a piece of the actual event. Um, but we're yeah, going to interpret it through right. our own lens. But 
I don't know. Projection can be big word. I don't think we can perceive I don't think we can perceive without some level of interpretation happening. And as I agree. As, I agree. As, I just feel and, like projection yeah. feels like a strong word for me, I guess. It it does. So so projection, I again take that's why I said the thing about the lens. Um right. I don't think projection in terms of the usual like psychological terminology. Uh, which is almost always a negative right. projection, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But but there's nothing we. So for example, if you know I'm walking down the road and I see a cat, there's no way I'm just gonna objectively say a cat and not have some follow up thoughts about a cat. Well, you okay. have a lot of follow up thoughts. So. I have so many follow and <laughs> questions, so questions, right? So 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 then depending on who I am and my experience with cats or blah, 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 whatever, you mm-hmm. know, that's going to determine. So and, what is, and, sorry, go ahead. No, just what do you do with like deniers, right? Like Holocaust deniers and yes. you know, like I, I, I think I ignore that, them. <laughs> well, I mean, I do too, right? Flat earthers. Hello. Um, <laughs> I think all the flat earthers have stopped listening to our show. I'm sorry. <laughs> huh? So everybody's so sad about that. No, but I, I think that that's where, well, that doesn't fit in with my experience, doesn't work anymore, right? This is where postmodernism and everything has to be my, about my experience, blah, blah, blah. Like, there's also a, we trust history in a way, right? Like, we do need to trust people's stories and experiences and their writing, and yes, through our own interpretations, but there yeah. is also sure. needing to expand our own worldview you know for and, sure and we and we have ways to corroborate uh data especially with things happening now you know i mean the farther away we get from the holocaust you know i mean i there's so much evidence that to me it's just you know you're an idiot if you're denying it but you know we think of this recent tweet from the president where he's saying 3,000 people didn't die in Puerto didn't Rico when Puerto we Rico. have like researched data that right. this happened, but we're living under an administration who just makes up whatever they want to say as being true. And it's often, it's often blatantly false. Well, which makes me go to the point that when you, I mean, this is what pathological lying is, but right. But when you are putting so much false information into the world, of course you don't trust people that are giving you real information. Right. 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 right? Like, because you're lying through your teeth all the time. So yeah. you just assuming that they're doing it too. Right. And like, don't, don't hear me wrong. I'm putting the blame 100% on him on this. <laughs> like I'm not letting him off the hook one bit or that administration off the hook one bit. I'm, right. I'm saying like, I think that's what, you just begin to just not believe or not trust anybody. But do you, do you think he's aware that he's, is he intentionally lying or is he just self-deluded and living in this, whatever reality I want to be reality is the one I'm going to claim. I think it's both. I think all of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When it's intentional and narcissism meets pathological lying meets power and, and fifth grade mental powers. Right. Like, I mean, God. Right. And, and, and I again, mean, that's not even being partisan. That's just, I mean, I think that's. I mean, that photo, speaking of like snapshots, I haven't seen the video of him walking off Air Force One on 9-11, but that video of him like, like pumping himself up to go to this memorial service on yep. in, in New York, like it's horrifying to it me. It feels so Now maybe gross. he's retching, okay? But again, and, and maybe that's me buying into this is, a picture I, it affirms something I believe, but right. it's just horrifying to me. My, my story is, is yet again, Melania refused to hold his hand and he was like, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he'd get that. Why upset won't about you it. hold my hand? I think, that's, I think he just so, likes to mess with her. So, I think he's all about head games. I think a question I, <sighs> to shift us back to talking about uh, scripture in terms of history. Um, you know, this, this idea that there is no definitive story, there is no uh, authentic original history. I mean, that really is problematic for many people of faith, right? Because the Bible is presented to us as 100% true, 100% trustworthy, 100% what happened, 100% the word of God. And when you bring in the, this sort of critical historical method, there are cracks in that foundation that many people are given and how do you help people 
still hold on to something as sacred and as where they meet God without feeling like, well, if this isn't true under their previous definition of truth, then I'm going to throw it all out. And so I'm going to run the other direction, either bury my head in the sand or become an atheist. I don't, I don't, I don't understand this. And you, I don't think you need to be a Bible scholar to understand it. You know, we have how many um, stories of creation, like five stories of creation in scripture, two in the first two chapters of Genesis, right. two different versions. And then there's the flood creation story. And then there's Proverbs and, and maybe Psalm. Yeah. Psalm and, and then John Job. tells another story. Job tells another story. Like, right. Yeah. Like there are all these creation stories right. and they were purposely put multiple creation stories in to say, these are beautiful stories. And the, at the end of the day, we have no idea how people can say that the, that the world was created in seven literal days when immediately after that story is an entire other creation story. Like, I, I don't understand. But have, I don't think people have been equipped to even see that they're discrete, different tellings, right? People don't, are not given the biblical literacy or that feels, you know, problematic to their sort no, of no, uh, I inerrant don't, mentality. No, I, I don't agree with that, Brian. I think that's... I would say before the Gutenberg Press, maybe, right? <laughs> exactly. But post-Gutenberg Press, when Bibles were put, when p literacy rates went up, I'm saying today we no longer have that excuse. Well, I agree with that, but people are still in bubbles and churches that teach that will not equip them or permit them to think that way or read it. That's that. a, maybe not permit them, but that's a Bible illiteracy issue on their part, in for my sure. opinion. For sure, that's a lot sorry. of people okay, are kind of trusting. A lot of people are trusting their pastor, who's you know. It's 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 what I call poor theology and spiritual abuse by by the clergy in charge. I prefer um, poor, this poor theology. Th that poor theology. <laughs> and uh, for those of you listening, yeah, Brian poured his beer into his glass, or what would have been his beer into his glass if there were any beer left in the bottle. That was a sad yeah. pour, but Hogan, go ahead. <laughs> That was poor theology. That was very poor theology. <laughs> that was poor, poor in theology. Um, I think, what was I going to say now? You, come, <laughs> oh. oh, so, so here's, here's one of my favorite sayings. Because it didn't happen doesn't mean it's not true. Yeah, I love that. Say so, more. So the idea that, sure, and, and this was part of what got me out of church uh, in my 20s when I started to learn about the the facts and historical evidence or lack of evidence behind the stories and the writings in the Bible. And I went to that place of, well, if it didn't happen, it's not true. But then when you go back again to these stories are written, what is the context of what's going on then? Mm -hmm. what, what is the purpose of the stories that Shannon was alluded to? The inspiration behind why these stories are here, then you can still extract some truth from it in, in, in unity. For example, when, when we take a, a, a strictly metaphysical approach to the Bible, it's that idea that these stories are reflective of our own spirit, inner spiritual journey within us. There is creation going on within us. There is destruction going on. Even if, even if you were atheist and you look and you're strictly in the scientific context and you looked at how the universe is creating stars and planets and galaxies. When you look at those pictures from the Hubble telescope, like you got to be moved in some way. It's, it's, it's amazing, right? So yeah. here's now um, a Bronze Age people who don't have a Hubble telescope. You know, their level of scientific knowledge is next to zero, and they don't have a world context other than maybe, the, the, you know, the couple of adjoining nations. So, so they know creation has happened. They see it every day. They see life happening. So here are these stories that are meant to, to inspire the uh, uh, meant to, to, to connect on a, on a, on a conscious level. And, 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 and therefore that's, that's the constant. That's the thing that connects us all here now with there. Then we got to not get tied up with the literalism of the Bible and, and the factuality, you know, the other day I found myself actually saying, you know, here's one of the greatest stories in the Bible. And I started talking about the good Samaritan forgetting that it was actually a story being told in the Bible, like as in 
as in this wasn't a thing that happened that they wrote about. Jesus was that Jesus was making up a story. Yeah. It right. was a really fictional story. Right. But here I am repeating it as if, yeah, this was a thing in the Bible that, that somebody wrote about. That happened. Know. Which you Which know, they did, actually. my favorite fiction example of this is, um, I haven't read the book. People say the book's wonderful, but I've seen the movie Big Fish. Have you all seen that no. with Ewan McGregor? So the idea is Ewan McGregor's the younger father um, and the, tor- the story's told in flashbacks. So it's a, a young adult um, whose father is dying and he and his father basically are not on speaking terms. And the reason being is that the son always felt like the father lied to him. And cause his father was a tall tale storyteller. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to give away the ending, but it's spoiler okay. alert. Spoiler alert spoiler no, no, alert. it's still a good movie. It's still a good movie. Watch it. But, but it fits in this purpose, right? So like he, and so as his, he's visiting his father, who's dying and his father is re he's like, dad, tell me what really happened. And his father's telling him these like, you know, he, I mean, mystical things that never could have really happened the way. And of course, one of them is he caught a really, really big fish, right? Yeah. Fish. So um, at, the, at the end of the story, the, the father dies and they're at his funeral. And, you know, he's, he suddenly looks around at the people at his father's funeral who are talking to each other all telling these stories and he begins to see, you know, oh, these two twins from the story. So they're not Siamese twins, which made the story a little more interesting. They're just, but they're really, they're twins and they really do exist. And here's the little person and the giant who are talking together and they're telling that story together. So it's just a really tall person and a short person. But again, like in his father's mind, it was the giant and, and it, and it's just such a beautiful visual representation of exactly kind of what we're talking about. Right. Is that through years. Don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. Right. Exactly. Like things get embellished things, but that doesn't mean there's not truth to it. So, right. you know, somewhere in that. Exactly. Yeah. And I just, it's a really beautiful movie. I recommend it. Quick, well, quick, I, quick segue. Quick oh, segue. I just wanted to, I just wanted to comment on something Ogan said that we're going to get away from in a moment. So okay. um, I, I just, uh, I love that you remind us that when these people were writing these stories and thinking about the universe, like that they were writing from a scope and a place that's very different from where we are now. Yes. And that we in the, we read it with a modern lens and we, we read it in a way they never even were thinking about or intending it. Right. And so we're not doing them justice when we do that. And then I think the example of a parable is something even a fundamentalist has to agree is something that's true but never happened. And so I think parables are a great place to start this conversation about what is truth when we're talking about scripture. Exactly. And if you can accept that, you can, why not extrapolate it to to all the gospels and all the stories of the Bible, but you can still, still extract wisdom. And if you want to see another Ewan McGregor movie involving fish, (laughs) that is check out salmon, salmon fishing in the Yemen. Yemen, the country, Yemen. Yeah. Yeah. Demon fishing in the Yemen. Apparently, Ewan McGregor got a thing for fish movies. He does. Loves him some fish. Wow. Well, he was Jesus too, and some salmon fishing in Yemen. There you go. That's the. Uh... Although, did Obi Wan Kenobi ever go fishing? I don't know about that. I don't know the other. Oh my he god! Will the... in the Kenobi movie, probably. The other night. If it ever night, gets made. I'm watching. I'm watching news with Joy or something, and you know, there's a report about about gun rates in the country, and she asked me some country. She asked me some question about it and i was like you, you need to understand oh the connection between gun violence and gun ownership the number of guns people own and i said you need to understand that here we are in the united states supposedly this civilized country and the number of guns owned far exceeds number two which is yemen which is like this you know traditionally war-torn country and joy goes oh but at least we know there's salmon there and i said what she goes <laughs> Remember the movie Salmon Fishing in the Yemen? <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like I feel as a parent. <laughs> wow. Oh. Yeah. She yes. was on top of it. On top she of it. Right there. 
So uh, is it time for some pass or pour? I think sure. So. Let's let's do some pass or pour. So lugs, huh? Uh, I'll read the headline and you decide if you want to pass or pour. Here we go. Was a couple arrested for selling golden tickets to heaven? Ooh, probably. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's hear about it though, because it's theological. So. <laughs> So this 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 is perfect for a topic when we talk about truth and facts. So uh, for a while, there was a report going around on social media that these two people in Florida, where else, were arrested for selling golden tickets that guaranteed the holders entrance into heaven. Um, the tickets were nine, $99.99 each. And the story went that the tickets were made from solid gold and it would reserve a spot in heaven. I think the bigger story is that people actually bought these, but that's a whole mm-hmm. other thing. Um, turns out the story itself was false. That th- This never happened. Um, and it's from a website called stupid.com with two Ps. And they are known for making up stories. So this whole thing never happened, and and this is a story that actually they regurgitate every few years. The last time they told the ver- this version of the story, it was a pastor from Zimbabwe selling golden tickets oh, to heaven. So, wow. so the whole story is false. The couple didn't, but there's a fun mugshot of the pair, and again, these are mugshots that were taken from a whole other story. So I'm not sure I even understand what you're saying here. So was it like a Babylon B story that some people took as true? No, 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 uh, no. This was a website that is trying to generate clicks by right. But so yeah, so they made it up. Stories. But they made up a story. Yeah, right. they made and up other people reacted to it as if it was history. Right. It actually made the newspaper like the oh, like, okay. like the local newspaper actually <laughs> I got you no, I got you story yeah, well. yeah yeah they didn't do their research right no they did not so speaking well, of golden tickets to heaven uh you know our I can't um, wait to hear where this goes <laughs> well you you know our uh, venerable secretary of education Betsy DeVos uh right. she's from these parts in West Michigan her dad died uh recently uh, Rich DeVos, and there was a big bill. I was driving into Grand Rapids the other day. This They're from Holland, Grand Rapids area. Big billboard that says, Rich is in heaven now. And I thought, is this like, is this a sign to us to remind us all? Or is this like a sign to God? Like, hey, you know, we, we, we gave the money and, you know, he's right. in, right? Now he's in. It was just really strange. No, now he's in. Uh, <laughs> throwback, throwback to Shannon's story. Let me know if you want to. <laughs> Hear more about this. Ready, steady, slow. Snails slug it out at the Racing World Championship. Wait, I was told slugs. Snails you said snails. Slug. I mean, listen. A I don't have interest a, in snails. A, a snail is a slug that's carrying its house around. I mean, it's basically the same animal. No, they're cute. Slugs so are not cute. We'll pass on that. All right. Um, <laughs> from the Vatican. <laughs> what now? From the Vatican. With all the stuff they got going on. From the Vatican, gluten-free bread bad. Oh, yes. Did you hear about this? Yes. Jesus, Jesus was okay to be gluten-free, and then Jesus was not okay to be gluten-free, and now Jesus is okay to be gluten-free again. Wow. So apparently, Jeez, get Vatican, your story straight. Yeah, has allowed the use of On so many things. bread <laughs> during Holy Communion. So no, we can have, you know, we can have alcohol, but no. Gluten-free. Listen, I have been to Catholic services and although I'm not supposed to partake in the Catholic communion, I have. What? I think bread would be a step up from the styrofoam that they are passing around. Yeah, right? really? What so, is styrofoam about? You are obsessed with this gluten. No, gl- like, let's make it bread first. Yeah, actual bread. Like pita, unleavened, whatever. I don't even care. Just whatever that thing. Yeah, matzo would be a big step up. Huge. There you go. Give me a saltine. I don't care. Like just something else. Bring it, bringing it full circle. One of my favorite memories going up was in my grandmother's church, um, the little Pilgrim Holiness Church on the hill there. When they did communion, it was bread from her bakery. So it was yeah. it was this coconut loaf. The real deal. Bread. So that's what they coconut Jesus. That's what I would have named that bread. Coconut show title. Coconut <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that relates to everything. 
that'll really give people a sense of what we talked about today. I want, oh, I'm going to scour the internet for a picture of Jesus carved into a coconut. Into a coconut. Coconut Jesus. All right. Uh, let's see what else we got. Um, I think the headline says it all for this one, but you can find it more if you want. Store caught sticking googly eyes on fish to make them look fresh. Oh, God. No. Got a lot of animal stories going on here. You want to hear more with that? Or I don't need to hear more. The cat doesn't get the cream, but it does get a bag full of narcotics. Okay. Sure. I'll, you can pour that. All right. All right. So... <laughs> Apparently, we promised to end it after that. I know this has got to be it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I'm actually kind of out after this one. Good. Oh, fair enough. So, the police in Bristol, southwest, southwest England, said a cat's owner found it curled up next to its bed with a plastic bag it had drug in from outside. In the bag, cocaine and heroin. <laughs> it had drug in. That was that was kind of wordplay. I, I I was wondering if you picked up on that one. Yeah. Drug um, in from the, the, the Did they owner, call the police? They called the police. Uh the yes, the owner called the owner called the cops right away. Mm-hmm. And the police uh tweeted a picture saying, Forget police dogs, we need to start training up the cats. <laughs> boom boom. Listen, uh, my cats bring in pl- my cat brings in plenty of severed bodies so yeah there you go they need to find where things are he would be the one yep the gross by the way (laughs) woke up and there's the cat with a bag of drugs Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean there's not a way to know how much personally personally i would have waited to see if the cat did this on the regular and you know there's my side hustle could have been the side hustle just yeah, but once you turn it in, then they're not going to be suspicious of you anymore. So that is true. Yeah, you know. that is true. Like, all right, that's 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 all I got. That's all story. you got. All right. So, uh, any 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 parting shots here? Uh, wisdom on stuff you should never try again, or on memory, story, and uh, scripture. Um, don't trust your memories. One, get <laughs> get get cooperation from other people. Seriously. Yeah. We can't, this was the whole point of these, like the hidden brain and the and the the Malcolm uh, Gladwell podcast. We we cannot trust our memory, um, and that's okay. That's not a bad thing. Get yeah. cooperation from other people. Piece your piece your stories together and find the common thread if you really want to find out what happened. So there's that, but also do that with with the Bible. The 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 truth, the deep truth of the Bible is the deep truth within ourselves. So as we are reading or as we're hearing or whatever, get together with other people, share, share what that Bible story meant to each of you and find the common thread. And, and, and perhaps there is the deep truth. Perhaps there's the deeper um, historical or even um, context that maybe the original writer was coming up with or even not, but this is the truth for us now. There's, there's gotta be some overlap there, but but I think that's how we get to it. A fun, fun exercise. We talked a lot about scripture. We didn't necessarily talk about church memory, like community memory. Yeah. And oh, like that's a whole other show. That's right? a whole nother thing. But um, one of the great examples is to talk about, you know, especially if you're in a church that talks about the good old days or, you know, a long existing pre- like a church, then have them, you know, after a Sunday morning, like write one paragraph, you know, everybody in the room, one paragraph of what that sermon was about and show them like, these are your memories. (laughs) So we, we take the whole, not just this is what happened. You know, this is our Sunday school had a hundred kids. Well, maybe, you know, maybe it did, maybe it didn't. Like we can also look at records and things like that. Um, I would like to introduce, if you don't mind real quick, Brian, I will be away next week. Um, I am, I'm on, um, going to perform a uh, officiate a wedding on the west coast and i will be in the air during record time next week so my friend the reverend layton williams um who is a an editor the social media person and she'll tell you her official title for sojourners magazine will be here next week with you um layton's a queer feminist theologian and ordained minister in the pcusa so i think you are going to have a great, great Sweet. conversation. So, Sweet. Love it. Um, Do we I, have the coconut Jesus we get to put online? 
do, do, do I just sent you two links. There's actually a beer. It's actually a beer from uh, was it Evict Twin e, Evil Twin Brewing called Even More Coco Jesus. <laughs> But then, but then there's I a, like I like Jesus on a coconut. Jesus we'll put those up for you on the Facebook page or on Twitter, friends. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coconut and, Jesus. And don't forget to send us your hashtag dry gum, dryer gum, stories. dryer gum, dryer yeah. gum. Okay, so again, that was wasn't that in the dry gum? <laughs> you got you got to watch mostly the in the pre-show, but we it got into in it in the main show. Listen. a little. All right. Yeah. You, know, so you if, get the if, gist. If, if it not, doesn't go make on my sense, Facebook page and read it. <laughs> if it doesn't make sense, go watch us on YouTube and you'll get the full you'll get the full yeah. story. It's only like 30, 40 minutes long. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> only super fans watch the pre-show. <laughs> oh my god, this last image I'm sending you. <laughs> oh, all right. Brian, wrap this up before we shoot ourselves in the foot and everybody stops listening forever. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, friends, for tuning in to Pub Theology Live. You can connect and spread the word with us on social media. Listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or iTunes. Of course, you can rate us on iTunes, and uh, you know you can use as many stars as beverages you've enjoyed during the st- during the show. But I would say maybe that's not the best idea. Um, so just tell us what you think. And you can always watch us, as noted, on YouTube or the New Thought channel. And if you're thinking, you know, I'd like to find some crazy cats like Shannon Ogan and Brian in my town to hang out with, drink beer, and talk about life and theology, go to pubtheology.com, check out the official directory, and maybe there's something happening right near you. And if there isn't, maybe you could start one. So until next time, friends, please drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. That last image was Jesus actually carved out of the coconut. That's what I wanted. That's that, that, that's is. my dream. There you that's go. That's it. Coconut, coconut Jesus. Coconut there Jesus. There it is. Okay, I am looking at listenership of the last week. Three different places in Massachusetts. So, Ogan, they're loving us up your way. Um, also, they're li- tuning in from uh, Hong Kong, the central district in Hong Kong. Wow. Um, so thank you and then Honolulu Hawaii was big Um, Dallas Texas Norway Sweden so keep listening wherever you are we we love it nice